You're listening to the 123 Show with me, Noreen Mayer, this Monday afternoon. Now, since it's Monday, it's always great to kickstart the week with something green. So in the next 20 minutes or so, we will hear about uh, ways to start plastic-free July, if you haven't done so already, how to reduce uh, the use of single-use plastic, or even if you want to take things to the next level uh, to embrace a sort of zero-waste way of life. And to mull over this, we're joined by Hannah Chung, a zero-waste blogger and she also runs the Hong Kong operations for Revolve. Welcome to the program Hannah. Thank you so much for having me Noreen. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, You can also see Hannah on Facebook as well. Noreen Mir on RTHK Radio 3. You'll be able to comment there or ask her questions directly if you want to. So first of all um, tell us a little bit more about Revolve. So I work for a company called Revolve and we provide reusable takeaway containers such as coffee cups or takeaway boxes and we build systems uh, so it's a shareable and a rentable scheme. So the whole idea there is to reduce single-use waste and introduce that idea of reusability. When you first tell people about that, are they sort of like, oh, well, if I've got an event, why do I want to use single use? It's, you know, you want to quickly dispose of things. Exactly. Yes. A lot of event organizers, it's, it's, it's all about cost and convenience, especially in a city like Hong Kong or Singapore. But we've seen a lot in the media these days, a lot of people talking about the single use waste. And we are one of the, the solutions and one of the ways to, to help event organizers or other businesses to really cut down on that and it's it's a simple process it's not a new concept it's really bringing the idea of the milkman concept and then taking it to the tech age so there'll be tech enabled systems so and we're building our our tech behind it and our products such as our coffee cups or our boxes will have rfid tags at the bottom and we'll have convenient return stations basically so you can that transaction then to to rent or borrow and and then return would be automated, it'll be fun to use, and then there'll be stats as well to show how much waste has been diverted from landfill. You know, it, it really comes down to people's mindset as well. You know, how do you go about changing people's mindsets uh, for these corporate events, for these big events to go for um, reusable cutlery and reusable things rather than single-use plastic? Yeah, we want to make it uh, as cost-effective as possible. And really, we are a B2B service with a relationship to consumers. So we understand that the importance of bringing the convenience to the consumer is there the demand is there and we work with businesses then to make sure that yes there are disposable options but also we there could be a better design in a system a better a better way to use these products rather than the the traditional take make and dispose method it's a flawed system and we really need a, a big redesign and and have a, a new way of thinking yeah do you find that people still have that mindset i mean for i'm just thinking for example you know the rugby sevens they also employed reusable uh, beer cups but people just ended up throwing them away i mean have you experienced this kind of problem before uh, i thought that the sevens did a great job they, in introducing the reusable cups it was the first year that they did it and they really wanted to test it out it was a ten dollar deposit and they yeah, return it right. and you could either uh, get your deposit back or that ten dollars would be donated to charity yes there is the tricky idea then that people would not 
because it's yeah. <laughs> it's such a low deposit that perhaps ten dollars doesn't mean so much or they forget at the end of the sevens when you're at a certain state you might forget you can't get them all but i think we have to start somewhere and it's good that an organization like the hong kong rugby union has really taken this on and they want to take it that make it their responsibility yeah. um i think cons uh, Companies have that responsibility if they are producing these single-use disposable items. We should really ask them to to take it back end of life and and dispose of it or recycle it responsibly. I think you almost enjoy that event more if you know that you know at the end of it at the end of the day your coffee cup isn't being thrown away to the cup. I know, I think it adds. A, a level of enjoyment, especially if I mean, if I was to go to an event and if I knew that they were going to um, uh, not dispose of the coffee cups or the plates or whatnot. Um, so, uh, what sorts of challenges do you encounter then when you're working with corporates trying to, you know, tell them to to make that leap? I mean, is it more cost effective or you know, is it cheaper? How, how does it work? Yeah, so we we basically go and build that system, and it's a new thing actually to build um, because it's so much easier if you think about a, a restaurant or a cafe to just stock the disposables but we because we're building that system of that journey from renting or borrowing the cup and then returning it it's it's actually creating something that is an ecosystem that's fun to use and then they can then scale it up so really we understand that um, our business is based on the scalability of it, and the, the fact that most bis the the you know the the higher. Um I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> yeah. Well, in your other life, you're also a zero waste blogger as well, a zero waste. How does that work? We often hear that term um, uh, being sort of banded around, but how would you describe it? I th so the whole idea of a zero waste lifestyle is that you do not I don't buy anything that I can't recycle reuse ups or upcycle in any way so in terms of when I go to when I go grocery shopping at the supermarket I don't buy anything with packaging so it's a, I think what I have problems with is the term zero waste because zero is kind of isolating it's not accessible but it gets people's attention. People understand it. Oh, it's just so you don't produce any waste. But the, to, to actually achieve zero is very difficult. I don't think I can achieve zero. I, I eat out at restaurants. Uh, there's a lot of waste that goes on back, back end in the kitchen. And, you know, I get given things that have plastic packaging or I have things that I can't recycle. I buy things that I think can be recycled, but in the end I realize it can't be. I know that feeling. So so it's uh, it's not about beating yourself up about it. It's just about understanding and being more of that conscious consumer and really understanding more of of how to to reduce that waste. How did that journey begin for you, Hannah? Was it something specific that happened in your life to make you think, oh, I've got to be more eco-conscious? Or was it sort of a slow, gradual thing that, you know, um, and we, we often hear the word eco-anxiety and that sort of, <laughs> sort of builds up and then you think, gosh, I've really got to do something. I mean, how, what was that journey like for you? How did you uh, become more, you know, conscious about, I know you don't like the term zero waste, but sort of being less wasteful? Yeah, so it's, um, 
I started about three years ago, this, this whole journey, just because I wanted to know more of the journey of that plastic bottle. So if I threw that in the recycling bin, where does it actually go? Where is a way? And I started reading up more about it and the infrastructures that are put in place in this city. I grew up in London, so the recycling there is slightly different. But um, just understand, trying to understand where everything went and does it get recycled or doesn't it? So then after doing a little bit more research, I looked into something called Zero Waste, which is a movement that started in the US or in uh, Europe, Australia. And I realized that no one was really doing that here. And I just initially it was just is it possible here which is why it's uh, on my instagram is the zero waste challenge is it possible can you do it here um and three years in yes it is possible you just have to you just have to keep on doing it and keep on researching and reading up about it and keep on working hard i, I find myself you know uh, some of my colleagues i won't name any names but when <laughs> they do use plastic and they throw it away I find myself, you know, rummaging through the bins and then just washing it up and then just giving it back to them and say, here, you can use this again tomorrow. And at first, I think they were surprised, you know, at my dedication <laughs> to like rummage through the bins. But then they soon got the point that, you know, that single, that spoon still has so much life. Um, and I think people just sort of, you know, get handed um, cutlery or and straws or whatever. They don't really think about the life cycle of these products. Um, so uh, do you have any tips along your journey? Do, do, were there sort of to-dos and don't-dos? You mentioned just now um, that you'll always um, buy products that uh, ha can be upcycled or something. Mm. So do you have any tips you can share with our listeners as well? Definitely. So there are many things that I've done to, to try to avoid the, the, that packaging. So what I've realized, what I found on the journey is that the surprising fact is we produce an astronomical amount of plastic every year, around uh, 400 million tons of plastic per year. And if you compare that to uh, the year 2000, to now we've we produced double the amount than all of the plastic that's ever been produced then so it's only going to grow that number is only going to grow double the amount in the last 10 years sorry in the last 20, 20 years. years yes yes wow. so um because of that um the the surprising fact was that 40 percent of all of the plastic ever produced is single-use disposable items. So that was a shocking thing. And then if you look around, just as an individual, I went home and I and I saw that everything that I owned was in packaging, and a lot of it is in pack, uh, plastic, um, and it's designed only to be used once. So there's that's really, like I was saying, it's the problem with the design of the whole system there. Um, so what I've done is, um, I, like I started researching into it and started making my own toothpaste um, and then I buy things toiletries I buy package free so I shop at places like Lush or there's places in Hong Kong like Live Zero there's Slowwood um, and there's uh, plastic free Hong Kong places that you can buy things in bulk and without packaging so the idea is that you reuse the current packaging that you have and then refill it with other things yeah you know sometimes people will say if you shop at you know those places they can be quite expensive so the lifestyle of zero waste can be quite expensive it's like eating organic food I mean what do you say to that I 
think it's the to start off with this lifestyle I don't want it to be alienating anyone and it shouldn't be tailored to a specific lifestyle where it's high income lifestyle it's really it going zero waste isn't about going to buy a, a fancy new lunchbox or a new water bottle it's about using the one that you already have you know I'm sure people have been given water bottles or tote bags from marketing events right we have hundreds of those at home it's just that it's just the idea of reusing what you have and then getting rid of and leading a minimalistic lifestyle and getting rid of the things that you don't need I totally agree and there are sort of alternative shops as well you know if you shop at the wet market for example and if you bring your own bag to to, to wet markets and also I don't know you know you go to Shangwan area they have those old school um, places that sell rice by bulk as well so those are also great alternatives I mean did you have any sort of what was easy to do in Hong Kong uh, in terms of the, the the zero waste challenge you know Hong Kong is quite an international place was it quite a convenient place to do this? I think if you're dedicated enough, it's pretty easy. So I usually shop at the wet market. You have to give yourself enough time to go on the weekend to yes. do it. Um, I think grocery shopping, I've got it down. I, you, the, the least that you could do is really say no to the packaging, right? Um, to another level, it does get a little bit trickier with other things. Um, it's, it's just like remembering your coffee cup every day and then carrying it around with you after you've uh, finished your coffee, carrying that Which dirty is cup not even with you. That much, you know, it yeah. weighs, weighs, I don't know, about 500 kilo, I don't know, uh, yeah. about 500 grams or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm the small percentage of people who would actually do that, though, to actually carry dirty lunchbox with me after like at the end of the day and then just have that and clean it at home and so you know why we started revolve was really just to make that journey a lot more convenient and make it easier for people to opt in people had a choice people would choose the eco one it's just uh, there is no choice at the moment yeah Uh, what do you say to people who haven't sort of started this journey yet i mean just to just to try it out start small i mean what 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 would you say to people I think it's the the most important thing is to tell people about it. You know, it's it's a growing problem and one that we can't solve just with recycling. I don't think if we all improved our recycling habits and the infrastructure, the problem will be solved. Um, it's recycling is one of the solutions, but then there's also um, reusability and and the and telling people about it. So. There's one thing that you could do is start small and start now. And don't think that any action is too small to make a difference. Hannah, thank you so much uh, for your sharing uh, with us this week. Can you remind our listeners if they want to find out more about you and your blog um, and about your work, how can they do so? Sure. So I work for Revolve. That's R-E-V-O-L-V dot I-O. That's our website. And you can follow us. We're based in Hong Kong and Singapore and also with a pilot program in Bali as well. So that's something that we're working with a lot of companies and a lot of events for. And then you can also follow my personal Instagram, which is the Zero Waste Challenge, uh, which is a constant challenge. And I'm also always trying to find new tips on understanding more of how we can 
reduce waste. Excellent. Well, thank you very much uh, indeed for your time uh, this week, Hannah. We've got a couple of uh, comments on Facebook as well uh, for you. Uh, Paul Zimmerman says, go Hannah, go. Uh, Tanya says, go Hannah Chung. And also <laughs> Mary says, uh, Hannah, congratulations. Well done. And thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, thank you very much indeed for your time, Hannah. Lovely right. to speak to you. Thank you.